Good afternoon. Uh, so before I actually talk about Compost Group, just a little introduction about myself. My name is Imran. I'm the group CTO of Compost Group. Uh, I've been uh, working with Compost for the last three years, uh, since 2014. Before that, I spent uh, almost 20 years in the financial services industry, uh, working across uh, AXA, which is a French insurance group. Before that, I was working with American Express. So I joined Compass back in uh, 2014, and that's when we started our uh, journey here. So let's start by giving you a little bit of introduction about Compass Group, who we are, what we do. As uh, Fernando mentioned, uh, we are basically in the food services business. Uh, the numbers that we have here is really the 2016 numbers. The 2017 results were recently announced. We are a 22.9 billion pound business. Uh, we have over 500,000 employees worldwide. We operate out of uh, 50 countries. Uh, we have what we call 50,000 client locations that we work out of. And uh, overall, we serve about 5 billion meals in a year. So fairly large in terms of our operations. If you look at from a business perspective, I would say we are split basically into three regions. Uh, we have the North American business. Uh, we have Europe and then the rest of the world. Rest of the world is around Asia, Middle East, and Latin America. In terms of our uh, sectors, we operate across multiple sectors, whether it's in the business and industries. Uh, and typically, I would say, we feed most of the Silicon Valley companies. Amazon is one of our customers. Uh, Microsoft, Dell, IBM, all the companies, we, we provide services to them. And we provide this through a host of uh, brands. Compass, per se, is what I call a house of brands. We have a number of brands under which we operate and provide services to. And we, we provide services, as I said, to the business and industry sector. We are quite large in the education sector. We provide services in, in colleges, in uh, universities, etc. We have a business which focuses on healthcare and uh, the seniors. So we provide uh, uh, a lot of the hospitals that you have. We, we provide the food services there. We have a large sports and leisure business, and that runs under the Levy Restaurants business, which focuses on delivering services uh, in the big stadiums that are out there. And then we have a large defense offshore and remote business, which is really focused on in the oil and gas companies or looking at where you're doing uh, uh, working in remote parts of the world where you're looking at doing uh, the, the minerals, et cetera, and all those activities. So that's uh, about us from a business perspective. Now, before I go into what we have done on the SAP side, I'd like to spend some time just explaining to you the kind of challenge that we had from a business perspective. So as I say, uh, Compost Group it's, uh, has operations across the group. Uh, and we are quite unique when you compare to other companies. I mean, the companies I worked for previously, which are financial services companies, you have a backbone network interconnecting all the countries. And Compass, for us, each of the countries is an island in itself. And we don't have a global network which interconnects those countries. So that becomes a challenge when you're trying to look at consolidating applications because you suddenly need to build a backbone network to interconnect them. As we are starting to look at delivering more regional global applications, we need to find a way that we can share those applications, but in a cost-effective way. 
if we were to go the traditional route of building our own data center, putting the application there, then we need to build MPLS links into those locations, and then you end up having significant costs uh, through that approach. On top of it, uh, IT security, cybersecurity is a top priority. And uh, to my mind, moving to the cloud helps us in addressing some of those challenges. The reason I say it's helping us is really because uh, as you start transforming from one model to the other, when you are going down that path, you're forced to think about security. And uh, I think just working uh, on our own individually from a security perspective, we're not as strong as we are when we partner with an organization like AWS. So for us, cloud, uh, I saw as an opportunity to leverage that we can get scale, maturity, and reliability using the cloud provider and we would be able to provide a cost-effective solution to the business. So that's why we went down the path of what I would call the cloud-first strategy. How did we do that? Uh, we didn't really start by taking the most complex, the most uh, difficult workload and moving it to AWS first, but although you would argue the first platform that we moved was SAP. But having said that, we started in what I would call a low-risk migration approach. We looked at driving this from an opportunistic perspective, where we tried to leverage existing business needs that we had. In some countries, we did not have the adequate disaster recovery. So moving to the cloud providers provided us an opportunity to, to enable that. In other places, we were looking at doing a data refresh project. So Again, rather than refreshing on-premise, we decided to move it to the cloud. We were developing new applications, so in that case, again, we can actually deploy directly into the cloud rather than going from a, a traditional route. And also try and leverage when a DC contract renewal is coming up so that we can actually uh, time the migration to that time to ensure that we can get the right ROI from a perspective. So the approach that we followed was twofold. One is a lift and shift migration project where we took existing workloads and just put it uh, onto the new platform. And the second migration was what I would call new applications. As we were developing the new applications, we, we just built them straight into the cloud. Now, we, when we started, we started by driving this activity, but as we started to get more and more success down the path, we actually decided to go down what I would call a cloud-first strategy. From a cloud-first perspective, uh, the decision was that by default, we will look at moving everything that's on-premise to the cloud. Each of the countries will build an individual roadmap to get to that path. But by default, I would say, we would not look at why to move to the cloud, but we would say, why do we need to remain on-premise and really drive towards that? Okay, so again, uh, before I go into the SAP, what are we specifically doing on SAP on AWS, I just thought I'd give you a reflection of what we saw as some of the benefits that we gained by moving to AWS. Obviously, the first one is lower unit price. I think that's very clear. The benefits can be gained by moving to AWS. Uh, you get a lower unit rate when it comes to compute, when it comes to storage, etc. But there are a lot of other things that we could also gain by moving to AWS. The first one was uh, disaster recovery. So from a disaster recovery perspective, a lot of countries did not have the right DR in place. And even if they did, it was much more local. You know, what they had was two data centers very close to each other. 
And by moving to an AWS kind of environment, it provided us the opportunity to move from what I would just call local DR capability to much more regional. So today we have our uh, SAP instance for Japan in Tokyo. The disaster recovery for that is hosted in Singapore. Even if we had a major calamity in Tokyo, we could still continue to operate. That kind of capability is very difficult to do in a traditional data center approach. On top of it, uh, I think there are a lot of other cost optimization levers that we were able to discover. Uh, for some of our development environments, we were able to do the start-stop uh, and pay-per-use so that we don't have to keep running our development environment 24 hours. You just run it for the hours that we require it. Capacity optimization, scaling the infrastructure up and down depending on what the business needs are, which is something different than what we would have traditionally done in the previous thing where we were trying to really look at buying and building <coughs> higher capacity infrastructure because you were looking at uh, trying to build it for the maximum month-end kind of process. Agility, because we can then scale up, scale down, depending on what the requirements are. And then last but not least, from a reservation perspective, uh, we could get significantly lower cost once we have looked at workloads like SAP, where we know what the capacity requirements are going to be. We are able to reserve those instances and get another 20, 30% cost reduction by just moving from an on-demand to a reservation uh, model. So, Overall, I would say the business benefits that we have gained have been quite large for us, and uh, it's, uh, it's been quite positive from that perspective. So what have we done on SAP, uh, on AWS specifically? What we looked at was we started by saying we were looking at implementing a few regional platforms and these projects. So what we decided to do right at the beginning was we were evaluating whether to run it on-premise, whether we should run it in, uh, in the cloud. And we took the decision back in 2014 to uh, move it to the AWS. And, and for us, it was uh, easier because it was a greenfield uh, opportunity, not too much risk uh, because it was something that we were just implementing. And then based on the success of having moved these workloads there, we then started by saying, let's move the on-premise environments that we have today to the cloud. Uh, again, SAP is uh, mission critical, so what we decided to do was uh, we ran POCs for some of these more complex workloads before we did the migration, because uh, obviously we didn't want to move something which was in full production just straight into the into, uh, into production on the cloud, we decided to first run a, point, a proof of concept, test the whole application out, and then move it there. Okay, so what have we done? We started back in 2014. As I said, that's when we um, started on this journey. We went live with the first instance, which was actually for our India business. This was a, a regional implementation that we did, hosted out of Singapore. Uh, we implemented an SAP ECC6 uh, system uh, running on the HANA database hosted out of uh, uh, Singapore. Based on the success of that project, we then uh, were developing a new Latin American platform, which was really Chile and Argentina. And again, we, we put this into uh, the AWS cloud uh, and actually, we put it in, in the North America because we found the latency from North America to be better for us compared to having it hosted out of 
Brazil. So these were the two instances that we really started off on from an SAP perspective. And uh, it uh, was quite successful. Uh, the good news, at least on the India one, was it was a sort of standalone system. There were not too many legacy systems that needed to talk to it. So again, it was a bit of a low-risk project. As we started to get into Chile, Argentina, there were a few legacy systems that had to talk to it, and we were able to integrate it in. And based on the success of that, that gave us the confidence that we could uh, move more and more workloads there. So what... Uh, Interestingly, what we decided, at least from a Compass perspective, was we decided the first project that we did from a cloud perspective was to move SAP. Now, traditionally, most companies would pick up some other application and say, let's move this low-risk low project and do it. But in the, in the case of Compass, actually, I took the, the risk and we, we implemented SAP first. And for me, it was pro uh, providing two things. One was, if we could make SAP successful, it would be very difficult for anybody else to argue why some application cannot move uh, to the platform. The second thing is if you move SAP, all the peripheral systems that go along with SAP will also move along with it uh, onto AWS. So it was a bit of a, I would say, you could say a calculated risk, but I think uh, when we had uh, had the conversation with AWS and our confidence level was that you know we will be able to deliver on this, so starting with India, which was, as I said, a standalone system, much easier to do, learned from it, and then we did the Chile and Argentina as the next one. We obviously did not uh, stop there. In uh, 2016, we actually started uh, the Brazilian migration. Brazil was uh, hosted with IBM in the IBM data center in, uh, in Sao Paulo. Having said that, uh, we did not have adequate disaster recovery set up with it. So uh, instead of actually going for a traditional disaster recovery with uh, IBM locally, we decided to actually leave the production environment with IBM and actually put the DR platform into AWS. And that we decided to put it into, uh, I, mean, I think it was uh, again in the US because at that point of time, the Sao Paulo uh, instance was not considered to be mature enough for a SAP environment for us. So once we, we got that going, the team got confident that it can work. In the last one year, we've actually now moved even the production from IBM into uh, the AWS environment. So our Brazilian business uh, is now fully uh, both production and uh, development environments are both in uh, in AWS. We then took Japan, which was the next country. Again, uh, two reasons for it. One was disaster recovery. Second, they were, there was a refresh program that had to be done. They were running on legacy hardware. So we looked at two, two options, either doing the upgrade locally into, in the data center that they were using or moving it to the cloud. We decided to actually move it to the cloud and uh, we did this project back in 2016. And uh, actually, we built the production environment in uh, Tokyo with a DR in uh, Singapore. So again, with this one, uh, at, at that point of time when we were setting this up, the, the legacy system that we had was running Oracle, SAP on Oracle. And uh, it was not sort of certified by 
was it uh, uh, by uh, SAP uh, to run on AWS at that point. So we did, actually did a migration, and we migrated from uh, Oracle to SQL as part of this whole migration project. Uh, again, 2017, we took on the, uh, that was this year, we had an uh, instance which is uh, hosted in, Abu, uh, in Dubai for us, which was supporting the Kamiya Central Middle Eastern uh, region, uh, which supports about eight countries for us. It was running uh, SAP ECC6, and we decided to uh, to our Frankfurt uh, AWS environment, and we have migrated the this over, I think it was uh, three to four months. It was a four-month project for us to just move from there to um, into the Camia, uh, into AWS. And now we have got uh, RTO, RPO uh, from an application perspective and supporting eight countries, including some of the exotic countries like Gabon, Kazakhstan. Uh, I mean, not, UAE is not exotic, but you know, all those countries uh, are getting managed from this particular environment for us now. The last one that we did was uh, for our Compass UK business. The UK business is about a $2 billion bound business. Uh, again, it's uh, got about 60,000 employees, and they support about 7,000 clients in the UK. It's probably one of the largest SAP payroll instances for us. Not all the instances that I talked about, we do payroll processing for, uh, within SAP. But in the UK, one of the critical processes that we do is really the payroll process for our 60,000 employees in, in the UK. And uh, majority of the applications were running on on-premise servers. Uh, what we required was, uh, because payroll is a very critical process, we needed to have much higher RTO, RPO requirements than what we had uh, got on-premise. So what we decided was that we really need to look at redesigning it from a disaster recovery perspective. Also, we, what we had was that the performance of the application, because uh, as the business had grown, we started to have uh, performance issues during peak loads, and the option for us was really to upgrade the existing environment, build a disaster recovery, or actually move the whole instance into AWS. So as you can imagine, a very critical uh, business load for us so what we decided was, uh, as part of the cloud-first strategy, we looked at building a business case. What would it cost to do it on-premise? What would it cost to do um, in the cloud? One of the critical things that I see from a, for a cloud journey perspective is really getting the internal teams on board. Because uh, I think the guys are quite uh, good in what they do, but uh, to some extent, there is always a fear of the unknown. Because they feel, oh, what is this going to be? How is it going to work? In, a, in the traditional days, everybody wanted a mainframe to be in their data center. Otherwise, they didn't have a data center. And they wanted that for, for themselves to be able to run it. So what we did with the help of AWS was organize some training sessions for the technical teams so that they understand the art of the possible in AWS. And as the teams understood what is possible in AWS, they were the, the guys who really became the the change advocates, the technical teams who in the previous thing were saying it's not going to work, suddenly once they understand how it works in AWS, were able to do it. What we also decided to do early on was 
not just go straight into production, but undertake a, a proof of concept, which we did with one of the uh, AWS partners, uh, along with AWS and the internal IT team. And we also worked with your professional services team in AWS to see before we go live to make sure that everything is, is working. What have we achieved at the end of it? Uh, we have a fit-for-purpose disaster recovery plan. We have the ability to scale up and scale down. From a security platform perspective, we have been able to uh, re-platform the environment to the re recent operating systems. We have been able to implement more, more security by implementing network access control, et cetera, into the environment. So uh, not only did we do this by, you could say, which can help us in lowering the cost compared to what it would have been on-premise, but we have in the process been able to improve uh, uh, on a number of areas. What are the lessons learned? Uh, I just have a couple of slides to go, and, I'm, uh, and then we'll open it up for, for questions. Uh, bottom line, from my perspective, SAP on AWS works. You know, it's, uh, it's not something that you know, needs to be proven. It does work. Having said that, I think there are a lot of, uh, there are a few challenges if you start to move workloads across. One of them is really the data transfer that you have from your on-premise into the cloud. It needs to, uh, it takes time. Uh, if you look at Cameo instance, when we were trying to move the data, we were, it was virtually impossible because of the network capacity that we had to be able to do it. And what we ended up doing was copying the data onto a disk, flying somebody from uh, UAE, from Abu Dhabi to India, because I have my team in India, and that team then uploaded it into S3 in India, and from there we were able to copy it into Europe. Or we could have actually flown the guy to Europe, but we decided to go the other way. But uh, the problem is obviously there, it does take time. You need to have the capacity in your network to be able to do it. And uh, what's, what we should do is really do a migration method should be properly tested uh, to ensure that you can complete it within the window that's available. Especially on SAP, you're going to say you will take the system down on a Friday evening or a Saturday and it has to be up and running by Monday morning, have 48 hours, which you need to copy the data to test the applications, to do everything. And because of the speed of the links and the capacity that you have, you need to find the right way to be able to do that. In some cases, what we end up doing was copying the, a copy of the data was already copied, and then we were just doing the incremental uh, changes were uh, done during the change window to make sure that it works. You need to do some dry runs to ensure that you learn from them before you actually do the cutover, because uh, the dry runs helps you in testing out what works, what doesn't work. Um, as part of this process, we also try to identify all the peripheral systems that need to talk to SAP. And in some of the cases, we actually move them along with uh, SAP into the cloud to avoid having too much of latency between those systems. And last but not least, uh, use an experienced partner. So we have been working with AWS to, to uh, you know, suggest who would be the right partner in the right country. We have used a number of partners across the different uh, countries to help us in, uh, in this journey. To some extent, it's also about making sure that the local country IT team is uh, comfortable with the partner that we end up using. 
but it's critical that you know you you select a partner who has done this before who can help you in uh, accelerating and and not making the mistakes that other people have made last slide for me uh, what what's the way ahead uh, we will continue to uh, on our journey to the cloud uh, we will uh, we we are following two two elements what i would call a lift and shift uh, so today we have moved a number of our sap instances we have a number of other countries who are today still operating on premise not necessarily sap but other instances we will look at moving those across we are we are in the process of developing a new sap platform for a european instance that we are going to go straight into the cloud we are looking at what we do from a north america perspective because we still not uh, into the cloud so we are the journey is not over for us i think it has begun and it's been begun successfully over the last couple of years and we hope that we can continue down this journey as we go along with that i will pause uh, uh, and go uh, and answer any questions that you have just to clarify i'm not an sap expert but uh, uh, just to to set the context on that but if there is any specific questions that you have i'll be happy to answer them Well, North America for us is about 55% of our business. So again, we have to go through a risk-based approach. Uh, uh, so today, uh, we started with a, what I would call the lower risk uh, instances for us, and then we went up uh, the thing. John is from our North America business here, uh, but we, you know, we are in the process of evaluating. Obviously. as a as an organization we will look at something that's gone well somewhere we will look at implementing it other places but that decision has not yet been made on that one and it's 55% of our total 22 billion pound business so we need to make sure it works successfully personally i think it will but we just need to go through that process uh, for us it was uh from my uh, understanding it was done in the cloud um it was part of the migration process that we went through i think there was a bit of a, a risk averse approach adopted by a japanese uh, uh, unit because uh, uh at that point of time oracle was not certified to operate in uh, in aws uh, sorry sap on oracle was not certified to run uh, on aws so even though aws said if you have a problem we can move it to bare metal you can do some tests around it we decided at that point of time to actually do the data based migration project as you would have noticed in the case of camia we decided we don't need to do it let's just move as is and if and when the problem comes i'm sure we'll be able to find a way to to address it question no i think it's a uh, what we are using is uh, the question was more around what uh, have we tested our regional approach yes as part of our uh, dr test that we do if i take the instance for example the india instance it's hosted in singapore 
uh, with the backup in Tokyo. The Tokyo uh, for Jap Japanese instance for us is hosted in Tokyo with a backup in Singapore, and we have tested it. Uh, what we do is we do the data replication between the two regions, and we have got cloud function templates to be able to auto, uh, automatically re, uh, bring up the servers. So our RTO requirements are a day. We can actually bring it up in less than that by just you know spinning up those servers automatically we don't, with limited manual intervention, and you're up and running. Yes, yes. Yeah, so basically what we did was uh, we have actually created the, the, the automation so that we don't have to recreate the servers. It's all automated. So the, the data is already copied, and we just uh, execute the scripts, and we're up and running. Yes? How did we do? We are just using the native SAP uh, backup. Can we? Well, uh, again, being a global organization, multiple uh, environments, I would not say we have one size fits all model. So in, in the UK, we are using a, a backup uh, solution. Uh, which might be slightly different than what we, which we use in, in Japan or somewhere else. We are looking at standardizing it to, to whatever extent possible. But uh, uh, I think cloud provides us an opportunity to move towards common standards, common solutions. But it's a bit of a journey where you have to go through and you have to take the team along. So to that extent, to some of these things, we say, okay, you want to use Tivoli in the short term, okay, use it. But Wherever they don't have a solution, then we will, from a cloud COE perspective, mandate they, that they use a certain solution, and over a period of time, then move everybody to the, the same solution. Well, we are doing uh, some consolidation. Uh, as I said, we are building a new e European SAP instance for us. Uh, that's a, that requires a significant amount of business transformation because uh, typically most of these SAP instances have been following the processes of that particular country. And now we are trying to say, okay, how do we homogenize the processes first from a business perspective and then build out a new application that will uh, support them. Uh, so we've done that, you could say, on a small scale. Uh, we built out between Chile and Argentina, we built one instance which could be for Latin America. We're now starting to build a platform for Asia. India is the first country which has gone in. As the new countries we will add, they will move on to the same platform. In Europe, we are starting a new project which will uh, build that platform today. We have a few SAP instances in, in Europe, but they are different instances and we'll, we'll gravitate towards one. Uh, it's a combination of both. Uh, we have countries where we have got large IT teams. North America is a good example. UK is a good example where they have a large IT team. In other places, uh, we have a very lean IT organization. 
So what we have done within Compass is we've also created a cloud center of excellence team based in India. Rajiv is leading that for me, based in India, where we have created a sort of core excellence where we can define some sort of standards. We work very closely with AWS in terms of uh, uh, validating what we are setting out as the standards from security, uh, com uh, compliance, and from an architecture perspective makes sense. And then we hand it to the countries to, to utilize. On top of it, we, as I mentioned in my previous slide, we, we use partners. Uh, I think too many partners. Uh, we tried to find one partner who could work across the different countries, but unfortunately, we were not able to make much headway there. It was more keen that we get the countries over, so we use local partners. So in Brazil, we may have used Adidas to do the activity. In UK, we used Lemongrass, and somewhere else we used uh, Dell. So we, we have used different partners to supplement it from a perspective of project. But I think BAU activity, again, it's a combination, either doing it ourselves or using a partner to deliver some of those services. <laughs> Touch wood. In fact, I would say uh, the user experience has been better on AWS, which is a bit surprising. If I take the instance of, for example, a Cameo instance, the SAP was hosted in Dubai with a, a data center provider in Dubai, and we moved that instance from Dubai to Frankfurt. So for Abu Dhabi, it's a lot of latency. SAP, good news is it's not so latency sensitive. But having said that, the the performance of the application is, from a user perspective, seems to be better having moved to the cloud. On top of it, I think what I noticed was the storage that we required on-premise compared to what it is on AWS is less. I don't know, it's some sort of compression technique that AWS is using. We have been able to compress the, the total storage that is required uh, on the AWS environment. Have we had any outages till now? Touchwood? No, it's been fairly stable. Uh, uh, and, you know, it's going well. That's why we are going down this journey. Uh, will we never have an outage? I can never say that. I, I think, uh, is, is that environment more secure, more uh, resilient compared to what our on-premise would be? Absolutely. I'm convinced about it because uh, the level of resilience that AWS is able to build into their environment compared to what we would have on-premise, I think it's significantly better. Uh, and at least in the last two, two and a half years that we have been running our workloads in uh, AWS, again, Touchwood has been good for us. Oh, it's a combination. Again, we don't have one. In some cases, it's through VPN. In other cases, it's uh, you know through uh, normal connection. Uh, we we use uh, authentication, etc., to to access it. The the ben I mean, as I said, the one of the big things that we had was we don't have a global backbone network. So for us, uh, we couldn't connect each country into a traditional data center. Moving to AWS provides us that opportunity. In some cases. Uh, where uh, the data traffic that we have, because in some cases, let's take the UK, the data warehouse is still on-premise. So there's a lot of to and fro from a data perspective. So we have a direct connect uh, connection uh, from our data center into their environment. In some other cases, we don't have a direct connect. 
and guess what, the application still runs, people don't face too many issues around it. Really depends on how you have architected, if there's so much of data to, to and fro. What we have tried to do was, if you're moving SAP, we try to move some of the um, other systems along with it so that it's on the same uh, environment, so there's less latency and less traffic to, to, to transfer. Any other questions? Otherwise, I'll give you some extra minutes back. <laughs> One question, yes? What's next? What's next? Well, as I said, we will continue to do lift and shift uh, of our existing workloads. Uh, we are looking at developing our new applications. New, the, the new SAP instance that we will have will go straight into the cloud. We have started building the development environment. We will build the production straight there, and we will start to migrate the countries in. But uh, where we have still got the instances uh, running on premise, we will migrate them uh, to, to the cloud. The, the key difference, I guess, is really the pace at which we want to move. For us, it's more about trying to find the right appropriate time to move from each country perspective. Because to some extent, as I say, it, it really depends. Uh, if there's a refresh cycle happening, then we would utilize it to do it. If there's a data center uh, contract renewal happening, then we would time it with that. So um, it's a bit tactical, but having said that, I think that that's the way to really deliver the best ROI rather than take an instance where we have invested just one year back with on-premise hardware and suddenly we say we're going to move it to the, the cloud and have a write-off from a cost perspective. So we are, uh, we are ahead in our journey, but having said that, there's a lot more that we need to do to really get to a situation where it's, we are truly in a cloud first, and from cloud first, a cloud only strategy. You know, that would probably be the next thing, but we are not yet there, so I cannot say we should be on a cloud only strategy. Today, it's still about convincing each of the countries that they need to move from on premise to the cloud. And more and more successes we have internally, more and more the other countries will also start to move down this journey. Well, Thank you very much. Thank you for coming down.